Welcome to Gross Anatomy. So you're saying we're live? We're live with Gross Anatomy Podcast. Live with Gross Anatomy Podcast. Welcome to Dr. Gross Cohen Anatomy Podcast. Got a haircut. I got a haircut, and I but have he my... did not shave his goatee. Which no, is it's November. In, so yeah. I'm going to send a, a weekly uh, montage. Oh yes, yeah. of the progression of facial yes. hair. Nice. Since, I was thinking maybe I should wait till the very end of November, till it's finalized. That's an idea. Are you going to shave December first? How long do you? No, think I usually take it? I usually wait a while. We'll see. We'll play it by ear. I you, the plan is there is no plan. Okay. Kind of like in Greece, the rules are there ain't no rules. First <laughs> one to the point and back as soon as wins your wife's papers. Like enough. Yeah, which is probably the day we met. <laughs> December first. Exactly. So we're live at Gross Anatomy, we where we discuss sight, smells, and sounds of medicine and how it relates to pop culture, TV, movies, the world around us, and usually just a little bit of medicine lately, and sometimes more pop culture in the world around us. What are we doing? Um, today I want to talk about some medical myths. Medical myths? Like common medical myths. Medical like things myths. Things that I've heard that I've found out are really <clears throat> not based on any kind of scientific reality. Have we done a medical myths episode? No, we have talked about some things. So we talked about we like... We talked about stuff that we see in like TV. We talked about stuff that's not true. Right. That doctors do that wouldn't doctors normally oh, wouldn't right. do. Oh, right. But these are true medical myths. But this is just like medical myths since it's flu season. For example, one thing that I've heard and I kind of thought was true based on my own circumstance was that the flu shot can give you the flu. Right. That's like a common medical myth. It's a total medical myth. Yes, exactly. It, these days, the flu shot cannot give you the flu. Can it give you anything, though, Lauren? I, no, I don't think it can get you sick. I think the problem is that it takes two weeks to work sometimes, so people are already having these symptoms. Right. And so they get the flu immediately because they, it within before that two-week time. Right. And they think it's from an effect... From immediately after the shot. But the other thing about the flu shot is the flu shot is only certain viral strains. Exactly. It doesn't cover every single flu virus. Mm -hmm. So every year they try to figure out the strains or or make them or I, I don't exactly know how it works, but they they try to hone in on whatever strains are are the ones that they have to worry about that year. Every year they try to figure it out. They get a bunch of them. But there are a zillion ones that we don't know. So can people still get the flu? Yeah. And it's not that the flu shot made you sick. And it's not like, it's just that unfortunately, the flu shot that you got doesn't cover the viral illness that you're getting. Yeah, see, I didn't know and then that you could either. Get a and then you could also get a bacterial illness. Right. Right. But I didn't know, and that's why you have need the shot every year, because there's, they're giving you something different. Right. Every year it's a different thing, and it supposedly treats different viral strains. But every year there are new viruses that decide, hey, I'm going to be the troublemaker this year, and we didn't necessarily get it. So you do you get it every year, like on a certain date? Like, Not on a certain date, but uh, unfortunately or fortunately, working in like a major hospital, mm -hmm. they insist that you must get a flu shot. And if you, I think we even talked about this. Yeah. If you don't get the flu shot, you don't come to but work. that's new, just like in the last few years, right? That's in the last, it could even be 10 years already. Oh, wow. At least, okay. at least seven years that, that it's that strict, that you must get the flu shot to come to work. Okay. And if volunteers are volunteering, they have to get the flu shot. Any any hospital worker must have a flu shot. Wow. Or some extenuating circumstances like they're allergic to the to the thing that the flu the medium that the flu shot is in and then they need a note and then you often if that's the case you have to walk around in a mask until flu shot's over. Wow. Yeah it's pretty I nuts. I did not know that. Yeah. And so do most doctors recommend flu shots to their patients? 
Are there like certain patients you really want to get the flu shot? Like, are the elderly more susceptible? Like, so you ask the question knowing the answer. No, Very I don't. Know oh yeah. The answer. So for sure, the elderly for sure are more susceptible, and okay. the young. I just assumed. Yeah, the young and the old because okay. their immune systems aren't up to snuff. Or if for some reason your immune system is impaired, or if you're a healthcare worker around sick people, then for sure you need to get a flu shot. What if you have theoretically like everybody like cancer? Patients, cancer, yeah, your they, immune system is down. Okay, so, so they, anyone with an immune system that's down. So like if you're an autoimmune patient, like a patient with Crohn's, or a patient who's taking immune drugs, or someone with bad rheumatoid arthritis, and you're taking drugs to help combat to deal with your immune system, you should definitely get a flu shot. Okay, yeah. All right. And people are always worried, what the timing, when should I get the flu shot? I'm going right. to have surgery. And the reality is, is you could get the flu shot whenever. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So that myth is debunked. Debunked. Um, all right. So another myth is you should take multivitamins daily. Like I heard that growing up, I would always get like a Flintstone vitamin. I don't know how, if like pediatricians still like tell parents that their kids should have vitamins, but I know the mineral supplement is like... A $12 billion a year uh, Oh, the whole supplement business is is a huge business. And And what's... Yeah, go ahead. No, sorry, but specifically multivitamins, they're saying might actually be harmful. Well, part of it is we don't always know exactly what's in these vitamins. You know, a lot of them do... Uh, some are very reputable, but some you don't know how much is really in there. If you tested each vitamin over and over, you don't know if you're truly getting a thousand milligram, you know, exactly right. what they say, the potency. We don't really know. Mm-hmm. But then the other thing, you know, unfortunately, my mother had lung cancer. And I remember at the time there were studies about vitamin A. Did we ever talk about this? Um, I don't uh, remember. Very briefly. No, vitamin, I don't a. vitamin A. So at the time they thought vitamin A helped combat lung cancer or and then months later I'm doing some research and there was a study that came out that people with lung cancer who were taking vitamin A actually made the cancer progress a little faster which is nuts and the reality though I think is is I don't think vitamins are harmful in limited doses Mm -hmm. most of the time I don't know how much they really are going to help someone well, who's not see, vitamin deficient. Right. That's the problem, too, is that the FDA does not require supplements to be regulated, which is crazy. Right. So I guess vitamin A and E, like you were saying, in high doses uh, can be a little bit overkill, can be a little bit Well, vitamin harmful. E, one of the benefits of vitamin E, one of the thoughts of it is that it helps thin the blood, which is good and bad. It's good because maybe it's good for memory because, you know, thinning the blood, you have better blood flow, less chance of clotting, little emboli that may, little clots that may clot in your brain, also helps maybe for heart health. But the negative side of something like vitamin E is your blood's going to be a little thinner maybe, and if you get a cut or bang your head, no. you may be, or go to surgery on vitamin E, you may bleed, you know, too much and it may be an issue. Got it. And that's the other thing with all these vitamins is you don't really know what else the vitamins are mixed with or what else is in there. Mm. And some patients taking a multivitamin is going to have surgery and for whatever reason they're a little, they, they tend to clot less or, or who knows what. But for the most part, I don't think vitamins are harmful right. in mod like a daily vitamin I don't think is harmful. Mm-hmm. But it's probably not necessary unless that person has some deficiencies in vitamins. And the reality is most Americans, most people in first world countries do not have vitamin deficiencies. Right. If someone, for whatever reason, has a vitamin deficiency, yeah, then you need to take vitamin supplements. 
you know, I've been sick this last week and I've been mega vitamin Cing. Uh, you know, with those mm-hmm. emergency packets and those other little tablets that fizz up and stuff. And the reality is, is I'm staying super well hydrated, so I don't think it's doing me any harm. And maybe it's going to help. I don't think it has. Right. But they're yummy drinks, and I, you know, and I don't mind drinking a little flavored water, uh, you know, now and then. Right. They basically just say stronger evidence uh, is, you know, eating a healthy diet, maintaining a healthy weight, reducing the amount of saturated fat, trans fat, sodium, and sugar you eat. Like, those are all better than... Watching vitamin. those things and yeah. just taking a vitamin. Yeah, because I think most people who eat normal food are going to get all right. the vitamins they need. And then the only exception, I guess there are always exceptions, but I guess pregnant women with the folic acid. Right. And so that's one thing. So, you know, all pregnant women, every woman is on their prenatal, who's of pregnancy age, is on prenatal vitamins. And the truth is, is I, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's going to probably help. Mm-hmm. Not taking it probably won't really hurt, but it might help. So, so that's why not take always it? Recommend. Always recommend yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Did you find anything? No, contrary? I mean that's the only thing that I saw that that's was true. like. And then the only other vitamin issue those is those women should take it. The thinking is that vegans, people who are vegans, may not get vitamin B twelve. Mm-hmm. So that's one interesting thing that B twelve supposedly. That in the olden days, you did get B12 from produce and stuff like that. Um, But now with all the chemicals and pesticides, somehow the B12 isn't necessarily in the fruits and the veggies and stuff like that. And theoretically, you really only get it from animal products. So vegans should, and I don't know if they need to mega dose B12, but Mm -hmm. should periodically take some B12 and maybe periodically get a blood, you know, maybe every six months to a year, check a B12 level just to make sure you're okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, This one, you're definitely going to have, I'm sure you've heard people say this to you because you work with people with breast cancer. Mm -hmm. So something that I've heard and I You mean I take care of? Patients with breast cancer? Of, yeah. What yeah. Did I, say? I work with people with breast cancer. You're a doctor. You right. Treat I treat breast, breast cancer, cancer patients. Patient. Yes. So a myth is that antiperspirants or deodorant cause cancer, and specifically breast cancer because that's you know you put it in your armpit and usually women or a lot of women get breast cancer in that <clears throat> area. I guess because the. So I want to know what you found before I give you my thoughts. I found that there is no, according to cancer.org and American Cancer Society, found the claims linking breast cancer and deodorants do not have a solid... Deodorants or antiperspirants? So deodorant basically is perfume or cologne or something in the armpit. That's what deodorant is. Okay. Or something to try to prevent the smell. That's what deodorant is. Antiperspirant is actually, to some degree, blocking or clogging the sweat glands so you don't sweat, Mm -hmm. stopping the the perspiration. And that's where some people think that the breast cancer risk may lie, in preventing the glands from doing their thing. Now, we talk about my wife a lot. And my wife is usually almost always right. Mm -hmm. She really is. Mm -hmm. And she's usually ahead of the curve in terms of knowing and figuring out things. Okay. And this is one of those things that she actually believes that antiperspirant is bad. Okay. Stopping sweating is bad. She doesn't have a problem with the deodorant side of things, but she believes in antiperspirant. In theory, it sounds like, yeah, you should allow yourself to sweat. Usually, though... In a lot of people, that sweat is what stinks. Mm-hmm. So, I'm an old-fashioned guy. 
So this is one of the areas that I disagree with my wife. Okay. But the odds are is she's probably right, like she is on most things, and at some point in time they may find that there may be some harm to it. Do I really think there is? No, because I think people have been putting on antiperspirant and deodorant for years, and I think the reality is is that if antiperspirant caused cancer, we would see much more male breast cancer, and we don't. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't think about so that. that you know, I, I don't think it's worth arguing with my wife, who no. is strongly believes that. But um, I mean, I've talked to people, doctors about this before, and they say the same thing. They're like, I, I mean, we're pretty sure there's no connection, right. and I, I don't think there is. But so, but I still, I guess I'm more. I think more like your wife. Like I, I don't know. I go back and forth. Anyways, I got a natural deo- natural deodorant. Right. Just because I right. didn't know, it, like but aluminum. In my mind, is right. it some people think the aluminum have, is bad, right. right? So there are other types of antiperspirant or even deodorants that don't have aluminum. Some people mm-hmm. think it's the aluminum in there, the metal that for some reason right. causes harm. But I, I would think that there would be more of a real cause and effect link, and I, and I don't necessarily think there is, and I think we'd see it more in men, and we don't necessarily. Um, so I don't know how true it yeah. is. Right. So, so yeah, I, I don't know if it's debunked, truth about that. But, but personally, I don't think it's a problem. Another myth, we mm-hmm. only use 10% of our brains. Yeah. That one, I guess you can obviously debunk. Why can I obviously debunk I don't know, because you know so much about everything. I, you know, the truth is, is, I don't know if 10% is a real number, mm. but, I, but and I don't know in terms of usage of our brain, but mm. I do know there's so much about our brains that we still don't know. Right. Yeah, but apparently you don't see big dormant areas, and scientists say that this idea lingers in popular culture because we want to think we haven't reached our full potential. You know, like it's almost like alien-like. Like right. if someone can unlock right. them, they become psychic or, or the third eye. Yes, and stuff exactly. Like. But apparently, you know the show MythBusters. Have you ever heard yes, of that? Yes, but I don't know if I've watched. I, it. I guess they debunked it on a show. They did a imaging to scan the brain of someone. A, doing a complicated mental task and found that at least 35% was used during the course of their test. Right. And, I mean, other scientists have debunked this. But I I did hear that, and then when I researched for this podcast and was like, oh, that's a common medical myth, I really didn't know the answer to it. I was like, I don't know how much of our brain we use. And really interesting about the brain, though, is like in a young child or infant, they could have like a major brain injury or even part of their brain cut or removed or surgery, and... In an adult, if that were to happen, that adult would have a major deficit of some kind, whether it's a motor deficit or a speaking deficit mm-hmm. or something. In a child or a young child, the brain is amazing. There are kids who have had surgery on the brain or part of their brain removed or for whatever, and you would never know it. Like wow. the rest of the mm-hmm. brain kind of figures it out, mm-hmm. which is insane. And we don't there, totally understand yeah, that's that. What, that goes to your point where yeah. we don't totally know everything. Yeah. And, yeah, apparently, I mean, yeah, people that use, I guess, 10% or less usually have brain damage. Or there's something wrong. Right, for sure. So. Yeah. What about this one? Myth. Sugar gives kids a sugar high. You know, like when parents say they can't have sugar because they have, like, monsters. Yeah. They go crazy. Yeah. What do you read? Apparently, they've done tests on this, and it's, it's mainly psychological or just in parents, like minds that this happens and it's not true so they gave um kool-aid to a bunch of kids like as a test that contained sugar and then something that did not contain sugar and all the parents reported that 
their children were uncontrollable and overactive. But um, they measured the activity, and the level said the opposite. The kids were actually acting subdued. So what they think that it is is that, you know, whenever your kids are getting sugar, it's usually at, like, birthday parties or, like, big events. So they're, like, they're excited anyways to be around all these kids. And Mm. so they just, they've made the association that it's the sugar that's doing this. Or usually they take them out to play or, like, whatever, and they're like, oh, they had sugar. Right. So specific to kids, I don't really know. I mean, that's an interesting thing, and I guess you would have to look at the brain and have a much bigger Mm -hmm. study. But we do know that, you know, if someone is takes sugar or carbs, we need that. You know, runners need to carb load before mm-hmm. a run or, you know, are constantly having some kind of glucose or sugar substance because we need sugar is our energy. Mm-hmm. So uh, in terms of the specifics to, oh, a, children, a child eats sugar and gets all hyper and crazy, that's, that's interesting. I, I, but, but sugar does provide energy. Yeah, I guess, but it's mainly in, like, low blood sugar levels. Right. Um, They can get a boost from it. Right. But it's a different story if someone has a sugary treat um, when they don't have low blood sugar. Ah, ah, okay. Um, Or what about... So if they need it, it will use it as energy. If it doesn't, it will just convert Ah. convert to fat for storage. Oh, good point. So if they don't need it, right. So it's not really... It's more of, like... Right. Usually the event. You know, like, because I usually hear parents say that when their kid is out, like, they're like, oh, they had sugar, they're crazy. I'm like, well, maybe they're just excited to be out of the house. Right. The other reason not to have sugar, though, is teeth. I mean, that's the bigger thing. I mean, obviously there's health implications. Right. But... And it converts to fat. Right. Right, which is the main thing. And 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 obesity and overweight and sugar. And, you know, when you do have sugar, you you need to have your insulin get released and potentially you can... um, impair the whole immune, not the immune system, but the whole um, pancreatic system of being able to have insulin and deal with your sugar to right. store it and all that. Yeah, so obviously there's good reasons not to have it, but I just thought it was interesting that... But I think a bigger reason is teeth and tooth uh, decay. Yeah, I, I, I didn't I think, read that part of it. Yeah. I'm sure that is. Which is a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. But, you know, orthodontists make a lot, or a lot of money. Yeah, dentists, so. yeah. Dentists. Um... This one, chewing gum stays in a myth. Chewing gum oh, yeah. stays in your stomach for seven years. Right, that was a great one as a kid. Yeah. Uh huh. Is that why your parents told you not to chew gum? No, like, not at all. I never heard. I that. mean, I never swallowed. That was just gum something anyways. we as kids would talk about. Yeah, but I, I never heard that, that from too. our parents. No, it gets pooped out right away with everything. Yes. Yes. So you know that about the digestive system. Yeah. It's apparently a robust piece of organic machinery. Yeah. There's no gum that stays in you. And anything it can absorb, it moves along. Yeah. Or that Mikey died... Oh, you're too young. Mikey died from Pop Rocks or something. Oh, I didn't... You never heard that I urban like legend thing? I have heard someone yeah. die of Pop Rocks. Yeah, that's an urban that's legend, urban legend? Too. Yeah. No. Exactly. Yeah. Do Pop Rocks still exist? I yeah. Wonder. Yeah, they do. That's a crazy candy. Yeah. Here's one for the holidays. Next week is Thanksgiving. Myth. Eating turkey makes you tired. Apparently... It, I never heard that myth. You never heard that no, myth? No, you heard that? Yes. I always hear that. I've never heard that myth. Um, tryptophan, I think that's how you say it, like uh-huh. chemical in turkey, right. is known to cause drowsiness. But the serving of a Thanksgiving bird doesn't contain any more of the chemical than a similar size serving of chicken or beef. Yeah. So it shouldn't cause any greater effect than any other meat you would normally eat. Yeah, and the reason people are drowsy after a big Thanksgiving meal is... Is because they eat too much. Right. It's just so obvious, but I've heard... I've but what does that mean? heard that forever. But what's the science behind that? Um, that you're heaping mounds of carbohydrates on your plate, like 
dinner rolls, mashed potatoes, um, will make you feel tired. Why? Because um, your brain, because your body, you know, shunts its functions. So it says, oh man, I got all this stuff I got to work on and digest. And it shoots all your blood flow and your energy to digesting it and takes it away from your brain. Ooh, I didn't know that. And that's why. So you're not, you're not like, you're, you're working on getting that meal work done and you're not, and your blood flow and all that's not going to your brain. Ooh, I didn't know that. That's why. Interesting. Yeah. I'm going to try to eat less this Thanksgiving. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, well, this one, I don't know. I'm sure you've had patience with ulcers. This I just found out by doing uh, research is not true. Myth that ulcers are caused by spicy food and stress. I always thought ulcers were caused by stress. And maybe there's still some proof to that, but it says <clears throat> that... Um, ulcers sores that develop in the lining of the esophagus stomach or the first part of the small intestines um are usually they can be caused by certain medicines aspirin and iron tablets and those are the most common culprits according to doctors right so i'm not i mean i guess spicy food and stress probably doesn't help spicy food i don't think really causes ulcers it could cause affect reflux and, and uh, affect reflux? your yeah, that makes your sense. sphincter um, uh, uh, you know, we have different sphincters or, or areas that open and close along our intestinal tract. So a- after the stomach is a sphincter. So it could affect that and possibly, co- and we also have a sphincter between our esophagus and stomach. Okay. So spicy food could affect that and possibly cause reflux mm-hmm. um, for sure. Um, it could maybe exacerbate or worsen an ulcer or just cause symptoms related to your ulcer spicy food. But I don't think spicy food in itself causes ulcers. But then um, stress, so there are certain stresses, like a patient who's super duper sick in the intensive care unit um, could get an ulcer from stress, from the stress of battling in the intensive care unit. Really? Okay. Um, but someone who's like all worked up and uptight, that stress is most likely not going to cause an ulcer. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, because I do know someone who got um, ulcers from just, like, they said too much, like, ibuprofen and stuff. Right. So, So for sure, ibuprofen, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, which is Motrin or Advil um, or aspirin uh, uh, medicine, containing medicines too, if taken too much of on an empty stomach, will definitely affect your stomach or small mm-hmm. intestine and possibly lead to ulcers. What can you do about an ulcer? Or like, is there anything you can do to like, if you've already, you know, So if you get an it? ulcer, there's ulcer treating medicine. So okay. you, you treat it with, well, A, you avoid the thing that caused it. Mm-hmm. B, you take, these days you can take anti-ulcer types of medicines, mm-hmm. anti-acid types of medicines um, that reduce the acid secretion in the stomach. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the ulcers are caused by a bacteria called H. pylori, um, oddly enough, which could possibly even lead to cancers of the stomach. Mm-hmm. So you actually have to diagnose when, when someone's found to have an ulcer, you test for that bacteria. If they do have that bacteria, they're treated with two different things. They're treated with the anti-ulcer, anti-acid medicine, mm-hmm. and then they're also treated with an antibiotic to treat that bacteria, to eradicate that bacteria. What is there a reason that bacteria would happen? Is it just like getting an illness or? Some people actually already have low levels of that, but okay. some people, um, it is kind of like getting an illness. Ah, yeah. scary. Yeah. All right. Hopefully I don't have an ulcer, but it's nice to know that there are pills for it. Right. There are. Um, this is another myth and I've heard it in a movie too. Uh, poinsettias are toxic. Like if you eat uh, a poinsettia leaf, you'll die. 
That's I never heard that. One. You never what heard movie? that one? No, what movie? Um, well, it was in the movie Reality Bites, and um, she's talking about that she got a job as like the That's gap manager because she, uh, her manager tried to kill herself by eating a pot of points. <laughs> Interesting. I mean, she obviously didn't die, but I guess they're yeah. not deadly. And that, what's the that, poison in that's it? Supposedly, poinsettia poison. I never heard that. I don't know what exactly it is in this plant that makes them sick. And who's who is in uh, Reality Bites? Good movie. It's such a good movie. Janine Garofalo, Ethan Hawke, One Hour Rider, yeah, and Steve Zahn. Right. So all those people lot, are obviously. back again. Ethan Hawke is back again because mm-hmm. he's in. Uh, He's Boyhood, always, and he's in a ton of different yeah, stuff. He's always been in stuff. But Winona Ryder from Stranger Winona Things. Ryder's she's back that, from Stranger the Things. That's really back. Yeah, yeah, that was exciting. Um, all right, so I guess yeah, don't eat poinsettias because it's not going to be good for you. Anyways, everyone should just be careful. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. Are there any other myths, medical myths? I don't know. Um, so you talked a little bit about the ga- the game changers. Game changers. Movies. We watched the documentary, the game changers. You didn't watch it. I didn't watch it, Even but I, I, watched I watched the watched trailer. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger is in, is it. in it. Yeah. He is he vegan now or vegetarian? He made it sound like he's vegan, which which is funny because um, you wouldn't think about that these Schwarzenegger athletes would. Athletes that ahead by changing their diet to more plant based. Right, and so this is a vegan. It's a vegan preaching movie. Not from the standpoint of taking care of animals, not from the standpoint of animal rights or or um, or the world around us and carbon footprint and all that stuff. It's more about that um, all these guys are better athletes and in better physical shape because they've gone vegan. So it's a cool movie from a different vantage point. And it's the guy who's the strongest guy, some guy who is a trainer, um, Olympic athletes, Schwarzenegger, um, but this documentary—it's very compelling. The documentary I Game definitely Changers? recommend it. Uh, it's very compelling reason to try to be plant-based. But interestingly, you know, um, from a male virility standpoint, the thinking is—you know—everybody's like, "Oh, you got to eat meat to be a tough mm. man," you know, and everything. And someone made the comment where strong as an ox, you know, you want to be strong as an ox, and the guy goes, "Show me what an ox eats." Oh, yeah. Right? I like that. Yeah. That's true. So it, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it was entertaining. I've uh, I've been watching The Crown, which is not... It yeah. doesn't really have anything medical I can talk about. No. I mean, it's a lot of, like, historical things I did not know happened. You know, I didn't learn a lot about UK history growing no. up in America. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of events that I found. I, I think that show's really well done. I haven't watched it. Or maybe I watched one little bit. The first season's episode. really slow, but right. then like now it's on the third season and it's good. There's just too much TV. There's too much TV. Did I tell you what I'm watching? Peaky Blinders. Oh, Peaky Blinders. See, and that's another thing we haven't... We watched like the first two seasons and now I need to... I feel like I, there's like four more seasons I I'm watched. really enjoying it. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't... I had watched it initially on an episode with my wife and we're like, eh... And Did then she I like it? she didn't. Oh. And then at the gym, I needed something new to watch because Big Mouth ended, and I started watching it, and, and I really like it now. Yeah, I mean the lead actor Killian Murphy, I really like. He's um, great. But and what's interesting is each season um, has an interesting guest, you, you know, um, uh, support. So Tom Hardy 
Love. is in one of the seasons. Yeah. And that's amazing. And the season I'm watching now, Adrian Brody oh, is in really? one of the seasons. Interesting. So. All right. So maybe when we finish The Crown, we'll pick yeah, that back up. Yeah. And it's also English stuff, too, because he deals with Churchill in it a little bit. Oh, that which is, is interesting. Churchill's in the first exactly. season of The Crown. There, there you go. go. See, we tied everything We tied it all up. Beautifully. In um, a cute little bow. <laughs> there you go. So. Thanks for joining us at Gross Anatomy, everybody. Thanks, everyone. So do us, like us, find us, hate us, feedback us, give Send us comments, us questions. Cri- questions, criticisms, critiques, something. And happy almost Thanksgiving week. Happy almost Thanksgiving week. Bye. Bye. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening to Gross Anatomy. And be sure to our podcast on iTunes so you can check out more episodes on the evolving sights, smells, and sounds of medicine.